MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Huge Tuesday program. Josh Towers. Former Major League Baseball pitcher and World Series champion with the Yankees is going to join us for the last 30 minutes of the show. We'll go through division by division. Also look at how some of the new rule changes will affect baseball, especially early on in the year. Three weeks of spring training instead of the normal six as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's one rule change I'd like to propose, and I'm surprised Major League Baseball hasn't implemented yet. How about getting rid of Rob Manfred? <laughs> what a clown. I mean, they can get Don't the grand, why, why are you going to insult clowns they can like get that? Get the grand prize game back on Marquee and WGN <laughs> here with the bozo here. Yeah, well, let's go up against the Masters. That's a great idea. No, well, well first of all, hold on a second. I understand uh, who everybody here is another uh, big Masters fan at this network. We don't talk about it on our show because no. I don't even understand why the hell people sit there and play golf, but that's another story. But these people are acting like it's some religious revival. I mean, I'm waiting for John. I mean, who is it? Uh, John Paul Jones or whatever. Who was the guy down in uh, Guyana? Jonestown. <laughs> John, 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 John Jones. Yeah, Guyana. French Guyana. Guyana. I'm waiting for him to walk out. These people are acting like it's some sort of re, uh, religious revival here. Jim Jones. They all Jim drank Jones, their Kool-Aid. All right, let's talk about some more Kool-Aid here as North Carolina blows a 15-point halftime lead. And Rock Chalk Jayhawk comes through. They don't cover the four, but for the money line betters, they get their Bill Self claims his second national championship. I have a few questions for you, Amal Shaw. Please go ahead. Do you excuse Bill Self's not fouling 
up three with four seconds to go. You know, Eric was here and I was watching the game with him, and he said he fouled. I disagree vehemently, and here's why. Under five seconds, most coaches are not going to foul. Now, if you have to go to the length of the floor, you do it. Where the ball was being inbounded from, first of all, it should have been 5.1 seconds because when the catch was made, his foot was out of bounds. So there should have been no time off the clock, and the ball should have been right where it was, but it should have been 5.1, actually. The, the other thing is um, the 4.2 if Love catches the ball, when he's going to go up in his motion, he, he you're going to reach in, potentially you're going to foul him, and it's going to be three shots on an 86% free throw shooter. I personally would not have fouled with less than five seconds left, particularly 4.2. Uh, I thought that was the right play. My issue is, why the hell do you have anybody inside the arc with less than five seconds remaining? They get a layup, let them have it. Gail Alexander, host of a numbers game on this network and our tennis expert, said he agreed with not fouling because when Caleb Love catches the ball, he could rise up at any point. That's there. my point. That's exactly what I'm saying. The play was designed for Manic. The double screen for Manic, he tripped running along the baseline. They were going to throw it to him in the corner, I think. Also, I don't think Bill Self gets enough credit. That was a beautiful out-of-bounds play oh, that he amazing. designed. The guy's got to look down. He's got to look down and not no, step out of bounds. No, he doesn't have to look down. He's just got to know where the hell he is. Yeah, that was a great play. That ends the game right there. They're down the sidelines, and it's over. I'll tell you what. I don't even know if Abaji gets fouled. Because remember, he throws the ball to Abaji yeah. and Manix. No, there. he throws it ahead, and the game's, game's over. Well, Abaji probably runs to the corner, and by the time Manic gets him, he may just flip the ball up in the air, and the game could, could have ended be, right there. And then he yeah. wouldn't have covered either. I know exactly. people laying four are sick about that play thing, and they would have got two free throws to yeah. either get a push or a win. Well, it was a one and one remember. It wasn't yeah. going to be two shots either. Correct. They were only at six fouls. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get to that. Do you agree with Abaji as the most outstanding player of the Final Four? I thought that was criminal. McCormick. I couldn't believe it. Everybody thought it was McCormick. I, I mean, I remember talk, uh, texting a couple people like, oh, it's got to be David McCormick. And it was a shocker. McCormick had a great game on Saturday, had a very effective game, had a double-double. I didn't understand why Obagi got it. Were they giving him credit for Saturday's performance? Because he was horrific. Five three of eight free from throws. the line. Yep. I have a friend of mine. I think he had the worst beat of the entire game yesterday. He had Obagi minus 195 over one and a half three-pointers. He makes the first one within 15 mm -hmm. seconds. You're thinking this is going to be a rocking chair winner. Guy never hits another one. How about that one that spun all the way around the world and didn't go down? If I had told you Carolina shot 32% from the field and 22% beyond the arc, would you have told? Would you believe they covered this game? No, I would have thought they lost by probably 12 to 15. If I had told you Carolina out-rebounded Kansas 55 to 35, would you think the Jayhawks were national champions? No. And I'll tell you what, how about the fact I've never seen this stat before. Three guys on Carolina had a double-double, all via the rebound and points, obviously. Yeah. Who's the most valuable player for Carolina last night? Uh, Davis. I thought Puffy made every big play for them to keep hey, them in that game. I, also I thought, thought it was going to be blowout city once Kansas got up six. Yeah, and they too. fought back. They they got three straight stops. They scored twice and made it a game. Well, Puff the Magic Dragon should have passed the ball instead of taking that shot there because Love was open on the right side there. He could have gotten a good look. All right. Uh, as we move on in uh, early thoughts on next year, on who you think will be in the national title race? Well, I I think uh, the Razorbacks are deep. they got a tremendous recruiting class. I think Duke's going to be right there. Carolina's an interesting team. Who comes back? If Love and Baycott come back, which I don't believe they should or they will, um, then I think that takes them out of the con out of contention there. UCLA, depending on what happens to Hawkes, what happens to Juzang, and what happens to Peyton Watson potentially, that's going to be critical. Um, by the way, you don't have to worry about Gonzaga being a one overall seed anymore. They're going to be gone into the night. Uh, Arizona takes a bit of a drop off. Uh, Kessler leaving, and along with Jabari Smith's a big blow for Auburn. 
I, I think it's going to be pretty wide open. Oh, Houston's going to be another team. That's this what year. I, I was going to okay, say. Houston's going to be there. <laughs> Mark's going to be back. Sasser's going to be back. This team's going to be dangerous. Yeah. All right, let's move on uh, to the NBA, Amal. We talked to uh, Ian Eagle yesterday, and he mentioned that he loves the way the Celtics are playing right now. Three games left for the Heat and the Celtics. Heat lead by two games, 51-28, and 49-30. The Bucks and Sixers right behind at 48-30. and 30. A lot of interesting jostling here in the East in the playoff race down the stretch. We got some good games tonight. Do you agree with Ian Eagle to take a look at the Celtics at four to, plus 425 to come out of the East? Absolutely. I mean, as much as I've been critical of Boston, you can't discount them. Mike, I don't understand a couple of things right now. Brooklyn's sitting at 40 and 38, and these guys are the uh, second favorite right now to win the Eastern Conference. Why do people believe a team's going to flip a switch? There's no sport where historically teams that are in the lower rung in the bottom five don't uh, succeed in the postseason, and Brooklyn is in that spot right now. How, how can you take uh, if you're if you're talking about the the Nets? How can you take plus three twenty when you might have to go to Charlotte and go to Cleveland or Atlanta and win before before you even get in the bracket? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there's too as he said, there's too much of a chance you could be out the first game or you could make a run, but certainly that's not built into plus three twenty having to win those two, first two games. By the way, do you think secretively Ian wishes they lose in the first round like LeBron and company are hoping? So he gets have... a longer vacation? Yeah, absolutely. No, no I think he, he he loves basketball. He loves everything the same as we heard yesterday. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the games in the East tonight. 4.30 p.m. P- uh, Pacific time. The Hornets are at the Heat. The Heat can win two out of their last three, and there are two home Charlotte, Atlanta, and then at Orlando, who's god-awful. Looks like the Heat can lock up the one seed. Heat hosts the Hornets tonight. Hornets sitting there in the play-in round, tied with the Nets, uh, but with the tiebreaker ninth, tenth. Heat tonight laying five and a half a mall with a total up from the 224 on the overnight to 227 and a half. Heat have won four in a row. Yeah, you know, this is a similar number to what we saw out of Charlotte in Philadelphia on Saturday, and I thought that was a pretty good spot for Philly. It was coming in off a three-game losing streak. They put up 144 points in that one. Mike, this is a game where I would potentially look at taking the under. I love teams who get embarrassed giving up that many points. I think Charlotte will have a far better defensive effort in this game. Uh, Also potentially looking at Charlotte plus the five and a half here. Atlanta is at Toronto tonight. The Hawks currently in the eighth spot at 41 and 37. Raptors in the sixth spot, hoping to avoid the play-in at 45 and 33, tied with the Bulls. Uh, Raptors tonight, lane four, Amal. Hawks have won five in a row coming in, and the total pretty steady at 226.5. It's hard to go, in my opinion, right now. Uh, overall, Toronto's been terrific in terms of what they've been able to do the last couple of months. Uh, not an overwhelming record, though, at home at seven, excuse me, 21 and 17. Atlanta has not been good away from their home floor, 15 and 23 so far. I think this number's right where it should be. And I'll tell you, the one thing that's hurt this Hawks team, and I think they would be better than what they are, is the loss of John Collins. I thought, you know, He's missed about 20 games. That's had a huge impact on this team. ESPN at 5 p.m. Pacific time. The Bucks are at the Bulls. The Bulls at one time sat atop the East, now tied for fifth uh, with the Raptors at 45 and 33. Bucks uh, two and a half games back with four to go of the Heat for the one spot. Bucks were four and a half on the overnight. I'm all up to six. The total up four points from 229 to 233. Yeah, it's a little bit of a big move here uh, in terms of on a road game rivalry. Giannis going to be a game-time decision in this one. Uh, Levine, also a game-time decision. Lonzo Ball continues to be out. But 
Uh, no play here, Mike. I, I think when you right now, the most important thing when you're betting these games is take a look at where teams are in the standings. What's the need? Who's got a game that's of importance or one that doesn't really matter? I think it'll be de determine how you play some of these games. Nets are going to be in the play-in. Um, they don't have to worry about that. Knicks are six game back, so they're eliminated. But can they possibly get home court uh, over the Hornets? They host the Rockets tonight, lane 17 in Brooklyn with a total of 245. Uh, I like the under here, and it's hard to take a, a Rockets game under. I just think that Brooklyn will be able to stymie this offense enough. This is a bad Houston team. They gave up 139 points the other day against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. I just don't think they'll be able to return the favor and score a buck 32 here. I want to go out west uh, before we leave here. Lakers in trouble, Amal. Um, they're two games back of the Spurs with four to go. Spurs are at Denver tonight. They're a nine-point underdog. Then at Minneapolis, they have Golden State at home and at Dallas, so a tough road. Lakers at Phoenix at Golden State, home to Oklahoma City and at Denver. Tonight in Phoenix, Lakers catching 11.5, total 232.5. This game is on NBA TV, 730 Pacific. Yeah, LeBron's going to be out. AD, a game-time decision here. Uh, Phoenix, you know, this race is probably closer than you realize, Mike, between them and the Lakers. Only a 31-game differential. Do you think the Lakers can overcome the Spurs here and get into the play-in? They're down two with four to go. No, I don't think so, because you look at the schedule down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Phoenix tonight. Um, Golden State. Golden State, and then Denver to close it out. Uh, they do have uh, the Thunder in between there on Friday, but I think it's bye-bye Lakers. Get ready for Dodger baseball. Spurs have a pretty difficult schedule depending on playoff seeding and what teams need to do. At, at Minneapolis, only one home game against Golden State. Opening day and the opening round of the Masters are the same day. That's this Thursday. So that first week of April will be jam-packed with betting intel from our experts. We have a breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus future bets and matchups from long shots, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans. Sign up today and get full access to VEASAN through the start of the baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash spring. All right, when we come back, we'll take a look at the NFL Draft and the Night on the Ice. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties including Maul's favorite citrus. And they come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one ranked nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N dot C-O-M slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw from the Circus Studios. Beautiful downtown Las Vegas on a Tuesday morning in just 15 minutes. Get our old buddy Josh Towers back. Josh, former Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh, great pitching coach right now to some young prospects. Uh, frequent VSIN contributor. And we're just two days away from opening day in Major League Baseball. So the perfect time to have him on for a full 30 minutes, Amal. I agree. Amal, I want to get your take on this draft movement. Now, I know you don't usually get involved in these NFL draft props. No, I do until they started making ridiculous numbers. What about this Trayvon Walker who was in nobody's top 10 until about two weeks ago? 
And now all of a sudden, he's the second choice for the number one overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson, minus 280. Trayvon Walker, the defensive end from Georgia, plus $3. Evan Neal, Ikima Kwanru, all over 10 to 1. Thibodeau, a random thought. Malik Willis, 35 to 1. Could Walker go first to Jacksonville? No, I don't think so. And a lot of this is speculation. I think you have to be able to sift through what's real and what's not. Uh, you know, if you look at it, Walker was never really in contention. I think this year the problem is you don't have a genuine true number one, right? A quarterback, you don't have a franchise quarterback. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, I, I still don't understand how a guy who absolutely failed to show up in the game against Georgia is being considered for a number one overall pick. You're going to play a lot of Alabama and a lot of Georgia uh, tackles in the NFL. I mean, if you can't get past these guys, give me a break. Why has Thibodeau's seemingly draft stock fallen so far? You know, I think there's two concerns. Number one is injury. He, he Think about this. The biggest game Oregon played this year, he missed. He missed several other games. I thought he was dominant in that game against UCLA. Really showed up and made some plays down the stretch. And then I think uh, part of it is, remember when he did the interview with Joel Klatt, people thought he was a little bit more concerned about his brand than necessarily playing football. I disagree with that. I still think he's the best player in this draft. I would take him number one overall. I think he's a difference maker. I think he's a game wrecker. Uh, I like him a lot. He He's a guy, to me, if I were drafting first, I would take. I'd take Iquano out of, uh, out of North Carolina. State. Only because you're, you're going to be tied to Trevor Lawrence for a decade, right? You've got to build an offensive line. I, I don't disagree with you there, and I'm not looking at it from no. a ja- Jacksonville yeah. perspective. I'm yeah. just saying in general. Um, but I get where you're coming from if you're the Jaguars. Uh, you do need a tackle, and you need someone that's going to make a difference. However, none of these guys, to me, rank up there with a Panay Sewell. So I, I don't know if you want to take someone yeah. at that first overall spot. If, if actually me and I were Jacksonville, I would try and find somebody to move up, and I would trade back, try and get potentially two picks in the you know the first forty-five or first excuse me first round, first thirty-two. Got some great matchups in the NHL tonight, Amal. Let's hit them before we go baseball for the last thirty minutes. Huge win last night for Jack Campbell and the Maple Leafs. They dominated Tampa Bay at Emily. Very impressive performance, 6-2. Yeah, I could not have been more wrong <laughs> in that one. When you look at it, Austin Matthews, tremendous performance. Probably got to be the uh, front runner for the Hart Trophy now. Uh, he, he's been outstanding. And I thought a really impressive overall job for a team that needs to kind of show something as we go down the stretch. And for their victory, they get to head south to the Rat Bend tonight to take on the Panthers. The Leafs have won five in a row. Panthers have won four in a row. You're going to get Cal getting goal tonight. Um, 4-2-1 and one for the Leafs, 2-7-1 goals against Bobrovsky. Just an unbelievable record. I mean, the goals against 2-6-4, but he's 33-6-3. Six regulation losses for Sergei Bobrovsky this year. Panthers, $1.65 favorite at home tonight over, over the Leafs on the back-to-back with a total of mall of seven. You know, to me, when you look at this game, it's going to come down to Bobrovsky. He's got to play better than he did in the last matchup against the Sabres here. I do think he bounces back. Again, I think a good opportunity on the price with Florida here. Uh, this is one that I would uh, would take a look at here with the Panthers. ABC's Game of the Week on Saturday at noon Pacific was the Penguins at the Avalanche. They get the reverse fixture tonight, the Avs in Pittsburgh, to take on the Pens. Kemper and Yari, it's a rematch of the, the game on Saturday, which the Avalanche won 3-2. to two. Avalanche sitting first in the Central and first overall in the league with 104 points. Penguins third in the Metropolitan with 92. Penguins, a small home favorite tonight, Amal. Minus 115 against the Avs, a total of six. Yeah, Kemper with a 2.37 against Yari at 2.34. Really should be a good matchup here. Uh, no play in this one, but uh, boy, when was the last time you got the Avalanche at this low of a price? Yeah, I made some money betting unders in the periods uh, on Saturday. They did some good goaltending here. There weren't a lot of scoring opportunities. The Avs scored twice, boom, boom, and then they held at 3-2 to two that whole third period. 
How about Marc-Andre Fleury, Amal? Three starts for the Wild. He's 3-0. and He beats Columbus 3-2, the Flyers 4-1, and Carolina 3-1 on Saturday. I don't know if you saw that game, but he looked as good as I've seen him in the last few years. He wasn't giving up any rebounds. Tonight, they're in Nashville. Nashville sitting precariously, tied with the Knights for the wild card spots in the West at 82. Wild second in the Central at 91. Flurry, 3-0 and for the Wild against Saros, 33-2-21-3. and for the Predators, by the way, I'm all the wild in their last 10, 9-0-1. And, and this is a dead pick in Nashville tonight. Minus 110 both ways with a total of six juice to the over. Uh, this is an interesting one here between these two teams. Um, you know, I like this Predators team. They've flown under the radar all season long. Nobody's talked about them. You know, last few years, if you go back, probably not last two years, but previous to that, we always talked about the Preds as you go down the stretch in the postseason. But not a bad price here. you got to take a look at Nashville at home in this one. Minnesota's been terrific at home, not as effective on the road. All right, good to goaltending matchup. Back in your old stomping grounds tonight in Dallas, the Islanders and the Stars. Islanders have won four in a row, but it's been Varlamov in that. Sorokin returns tonight to take on Ottinger. Stars chasing that wild card in the West. They do have two games in hand and a point behind. They got six points out of their four road games in California, which was Ducks, Ducks, Sharks, and then Kraken, losing the final game of the road trip 4-1 to the Kraken on Sunday night. Stars come back home. They're $1.35 favorite. Total five and a half juice to the under. Yeah, uh, I like the stars here. The Islanders have played so many great games down the stretch. I think Dallas is a team at this price, one you have to look at here. I, I think you got to take the stars at this number. Finally, don't look now, but the Oilers have won four in a row. Evander Kane has been very effective on the ice for them. They continue their road trip in California, going up from Anaheim to San Jose to take on the Sharks. Oilers currently sit at third in the Pacific with 85 points. Mike Smith, you got Reimer in goal tonight for the Sharks. That's what I have listed. Smith, 9-9 and 2-3-3-6. Oilers, laying $1.80 on the road. With a total of six and a half. I do have Reimer here. I would look to the over in this game. No reason to believe that both teams are held below three goals. If not, I mean, Edmonton could put up a potential five spot here. So uh, stay off of this one for me in between these two teams uh, in terms of a side or a total. Too high on the road here for Edmonton. All right, Amal. Let's talk some champions, huh? Two matches today, two next Tuesday. We're down to the final eight. I want to get your thoughts on the series totals in these games and then overall who you think is going to win it both games go noon pacific here in about 35 minutes atletico madrid at man city today man city a heavy favorite uh in the game and also to advance minus five dollars to advance out of this match uh with a total of all of two and a half and i i didn't play this game i looked at this one um atletico has not been as good defensively as they've been in the past markedly not as good defensively yeah. And so I was a little bit surprised this number didn't come in at a three. Uh, you know, remember one critical point is that the away goal is no longer a factor. So I think that's important when you look at these matchups. That's a question I wanted to ask you. With the away goals not bearing on ties in the aggregate in the two-game matches, right. is it then an advantage to play your first game at home? Well, I, I don't No, I don't think as much. I think the key is, the, rea the reality of it is you, you want to win this game because it gives you such an advantage especially if you can get a two-goal differential going into the next game because then you realize you can just defend or put yourself in a position where, okay, even if we give up one, we're still going to be able to move on. I think for Man City, I think it's good they play at home this week because if you can get a good result, then that's going to force Atletico to open up defensively when they go back to Spain. That, that's my opinion in a match like this. When you have one team that's a pretty decided underdog and they're going to have to try to defend, I'd like to have that first match at home. I wouldn't like to have it 
because of the road goals in the first, if, if it was still in a factor. I hear what you're saying, but I can recall a time about three, four years ago in Barcelona, mm -hmm. Camp three New, nothing, and then they nothing. went back to Anfield. And then Divac Origi put two in on one of the greatest corner kick plays I've ever seen. Uh, you know, it, you look at it. So I, I don't think anything's a slam dunk because look at that desperation that Liverpool had in that game. And that, to me, was the difference in the matchup. And we saw them come from behind and then go on to win the Champions League. Okay. Liverpool at Benfica to, uh, at noon today as well. That Benfica out of Lisbon, Portugal. Liverpool minus 1,800 to advance in this two-game set. Amal, total here in this game, three juice to the under. Yeah, I think Liverpool is going to move on here, but uh, I, the, the price seems a little bit high. I mean, it was like $6 or something. Benfica, you can find Benfica 200 to 1 to win Champions League. I mean, they're discounting this team. I guess they don't give them much credit for the victory over Ajax. I, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, okay? Uh, this is not the same. Johan Krupp is not on that team anymore, okay? I mean, Ajax is not the same to play in a weaker league. Next Tuesday, Bayern, Villarreal, and Real Madrid, Chelsea. Man City plus 180 to win it. Liverpool plus $2. Bayern plus $3. Up next, it's Josh Towers. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Want more Masters Insights? Check out VSIN's Long Shots podcast today. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans have a breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus future bets and matchups. Download the Long Shots podcast now at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, Catch up on every other VSIN show. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw and the man in the middle, Josh Towers, former Major League Baseball pitcher and world champion with the New York Yankees, joins the set again. You spent a lot of time with us last summer. We couldn't be happier to have you back. I'm happy to be back. Yeah. See if we can make this a regular thing. You know, it's funny you keep saying that, uh, that champion, that thing saw the light of day for the first time in like 10 years. And I was so uncomfortable with that ring. It's crazy. Maybe they'll do it again this year. It's about time, right? Hey, let's start right there. Yeah. I like the Yankees in the East. You do. I like the Yankees to win the East at 2-1. to one. Amal says the play is take the, take the Rays at better than 3-1. to one. We're both, we're both, both fading the, the Red Sox. You're both no wrong. pitching. You're going to say the Red the, Sox? You mean the Blue no, Jays? Toronto's winning. Yeah, yeah, Toronto. Really? Yeah, that's my opinion. But, yeah, I think so. Uh, the Red Sox, I mean, listen, they – is it fair to say they overachieved? Like their pitching really didn't didn't seem like it was going to be it. And uh, last year, and they did a really really good job. The offense is good, but the offense is good all around baseball. And a lot of teams this year, and that yeah. whole division is loaded. I just don't. I, uh, listen, I don't. The Tampa Bay thing, I don't understand. We get rid of Austin Meadows yesterday. I've been pumping Detroit for a while. Now they pick this kid up to add to that rotation. It's unbelievable what they're going to do in that lineup. I don't understand how. Kevin Cash and Tampa can continue to do this. Like, it's built on pitching, which we know is very, very important. But you're, everything is built on the bullpen. And, and whoever we start with, they're all going to get tired or sore at some point. Then we're going to replace them. They're really good. Then we're going to bring those guys back. And I understand the format. But how long can it last? And how long can you ask of, I mean, is it, is it going to continue to be only two or three runs a game and then we still win those games? I mean, listen, the, the Yankees got better. Toronto got better. Boston got better offensively. I think Tampa Bay 
needs to do a little bit more um, offensively, and I just don't think that they have the team. And then Boston, again, I think they overachieved last year. So who would they pick up? Michael Walker, Rich Hill? I mean, am I right here? Those, yes. That ain't going to work. How many innings is Rich Hill going to give him at this point? <laughs> Over-under is 90. <laughs> Rich, I mean, listen, let's be fair. Rich Hill fits perfectly in the Tampa system, but not mm-hmm. really many other places. We knew when he went to New York last year, the Yankees, it wasn't going to work. Arts and the Mets, it wasn't going to work. And I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I I like the manager. I like the pitching coach, obviously, Dave Bush, a lot. I just, it's offense isn't going to get you through 162. So I think I think Toronto's the team, to be honest. How, how big of a pickup is Chapman for them and what he'll do for their pitching staff? Oh, you guys, we talked about this, what, last year? Maybe maybe it was off air. I don't know. I mean, listen, the contract, again, it goes back to that. He turned down $140, $50 million thinking he was going to get plus two. He realized he made a major mistake. Um, he investigated the offseason and realized that he turned down money that he's probably never going to see again. He goes and has these two bad years afterwards because this is all he's thinking about. Yeah. And he never had a chance to make money. And the best thing that ever happened to Matt Chapman was he got traded to the Blue Jays. And then, because listen, defensively, we know the kid's solid. Mm-hmm. Offensively, he's protected and doesn't have to do anything. He's like a catcher. He's like the catcher in Toronto. You don't have to do anything. Just catch, man, and don't give up that many runs, but don't worry about hitting. Matt Chapman has that luxury of everybody else around him that I have to fear. So Matty's going to get a lot more in a very offensive friendly environment. And then he gets to just have fun and play third. I wish he never would have signed that two-year extension because for $25 million, they got him for free because I feel like he is probably one of the better pickups of the uh, of the offseason. And, and in Toronto, this guy's going to flourish, and I'm rooting for him. Just want to ask you about the National League East. This is an interesting mm-hmm. division. Oh, wow. Matt's already dealing with critical injuries with DeGrom. Scherzer going to miss his first start. How good can this team be? I think uh, Robinson Cano has a better year than he obviously did last year. But more importantly, I think Frankie Lindor bounces back. I think he's got a great shot to be the MVP this year. I think Lindor's going to have a monster year. Um... I've never heard anybody say that. Well, well now you're going to have to overcome you, Darvish. You, <laughs> Darvish, is probably going to oh, win the Cy Young and the MVP. Just right there with a quick jab, right out of the as soon as the bell rings, boom! He thought he thought we were touching gloves. He didn't know it was going to be a punch right to the face, straight no, jab, no glove touching, buddy. Um, you, I, Darvish. I think you're on your own, dude. With this, that's fine. I, I really do. I don't like. What is Lindor going to do? It didn't like. He can't play any worse he, he than he did. 100% can't play any worse, but I don't think he turns it into an MVP-type season. I, I still think that he doesn't know if he's good or not, and that's crazy to say, but don't dismiss the contract. Like These contracts, we see him get paid. It doesn't mean they're good, y'all. Um, I think the Mets did a, a good job of adding depth to the lineup and a little bit more of um, solidified major leaguers instead of question marks. So I think it helps, obviously. Dude, I played with uh, Robinson Cano. You don't want to know when that was? 13 years ago. Yeah, 2009, I was going to say. Can't count on him for too much. No offense, but it's coming no, I'm to not an saying, end I'm him, saying right? he'll be a little bit better. I just don't know. He's got to get back on the sauce. Uh, well, a lot of them did. Uh, remember, we well, got locked not, out. They're not testing. We yeah. got, well, they were. They're not, they are now. They weren't. They didn't. They didn't. Like, listen, <laughs> when we get locked out, I can do whatever I want. And when I know we're coming back, you just get off of it. So there's a lot of dudes who, uh, actually, there's three dudes who decided to get off it a little too late. And they're now suspended. Um, no, yeah, like, listen, that was, it's crazy that sounds. It was afforded luxury. They really did do that for a lot of guys when they locked them out. And a lot of guys, I'm sure, took advantage of it. Um, the problem is, is if you learn to play on that stuff or you start to mentally think that you need it and then you're not, it, it becomes an issue, right? So I don't think the Mets have it. Again, 90, no one won in that division last year. That's what their number was. It was like 91 to start the, the, the over-unders, and now it's like at 88. Jacob's hurt. That scares me so bad because of what happened last year. And now he shows up to spring with all that time off and he's hurt again. I'm, I'm nervous about that. Then Max goes down. He misses a couple games. They don't have the depth. We saw Tyler Ormegill. 
He was really good last year. He stepped up. They have Jose Buto, who's on the cusp of coming up. And then what? You're asking the kid Bassett, who, listen, I, I love the kid, but he's only pitched, I think, twice since he got smoked in the face. And that changes you forever. Like, I'm telling you, I just don't expect Bassett to be nearly the guy he was in Oakland. And let's forget, guys, look at my stats. I'm 10 games under 500 as a, as a starter in the big leagues, right? I think I was like 8-2 and two in Oakland. It's the best place in the world to pitch, right? So you're taking a 13-4 and four guy in Oakland and you're sending him to New York. It's not the same. And then we're asking him to rely on Carlos Carrasco, which we don't know if it's the same Carlos that we knew five years ago in Cleveland. So I just don't see where the Mets have it and where 88 even still is, a, is an option for them to get to. I just don't see it. I want to go quickly to the National League MVP, Mike. They had Juan Soto as a tremendous Ooh. favorite. What are we going, 1997, Andre Dawson, last place team winning the MVP. How is Juan Soto going to win the MVP? Why would you even pitch to Juan Soto? He should be approaching Barry Bonds' walk record this year. There's nobody in that lineup. You know why I pitched to Juan Soto? Why? Because Bell might be behind him. Who cares, right? That's my point. Nelson Cruz is going to get traded at some point. We know that. Juan Soto, again, if this was two years ago, you jump all over this plus 280. This guy's amazing and could have won it last year. But, y'all, who – like I'm – he is going to get pitched to. That's the crazy thing. But why? But who's he going to drive in? Who's going to drive, drive him himself in? in? Right. There's no the RBIs, the run scores. Those are kind of go out the window. Um, I've been saying this for a while. I think Bryce Harper repeats yeah. in the National League. I got the Phillies before the Degrom news at plus four twenty to win the East. I like them to win the East. Mm-hmm. Are the Braves better for having Kenley Jensen? No. <laughs> I think. Um, it's good for Kenley. You need a change of environment. Sometimes we get very comfortable in our surroundings. Um, and he probably thought he was going to go back. And he probably, I mean, again, the Dodgers probably was going to cost them a lot more money to bring in than it cost Atlanta. So then he kind of gets humbled. But um, is he going to close? And then look at what we did last year, right, with Tyler Matzik and that uh, was a Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Right now, all of a sudden, where's Will go? Does Will get the seventh and not the ninth anymore? Is Kenley going to have the seventh? That's not what he does, right? No. So that creates a lot of animosity and tension in that in the, in the bullpen that I don't think needed to have. Like, again, the Phillies, right? <clears throat> Brad Hand, Trinan, Jerry Familia. All of them have closed. All of them pitched the eighth, and all of them pitched the seventh. And all three are willing to pitch either one of those. They don't care. That's what I said to them all talking That's about not the, the Phillies. You never be talking about Brad Hand. He'd be happy to come in and take care of the seventh. Doesn't you. matter. Yeah, because well, he can't close the door anymore. Oh, right. Right. But they're also not fighting that anymore either. I want to ask you this. Normally six weeks of spring training. This year it's condensed to three. One, <laughs> do you think that it will be shortened after this moving no. forward? And two, do the hitters have the advantage here in the first month of the season? How many times have we, like we've seen this to where we had it what, two years ago. Uh, when you miss spring training, you are late to the season. Like it takes a long time to, to, to get back into form and season. You, we need spring training. It's, it's I got... Noah Syndergaard, before his last start, had 3.2 innings pitched in spring training before his last start. Are you kidding me? So I'm going in to start the season, and my starter's going to give me four max? Five? What? That's insane to me. It takes hitters a little bit longer, in my opinion. Uh, We'll wear out bullpens, and we'll wear out starters, and then we'll just go get more and bring them up and have a cycle. But the offense, it takes a little bit longer. So um, it's not good for anybody. If they decide to to shorten spring training, they're just, again, they're just doing negative things to our game. Mike Pa made a great bet suggestion, which was to take the Astros to win the West, the Dodgers to win the West, and the White Sox to win the Central. Brewers. Oh, I'm sorry, Brewers, Brewers to, to win, win the, the Central. Central. Um, what do you think about that in terms of those teams being fairly close to slam dunks to win their divisions? Uh, two or three. No, you got to win all three when you put a parlay. Which one? Which one don't you think's the slam dunk? Brewers. 
Really? Yeah, I don't you think, think the Cardinals will be competitive in the Central? I, I think I think the Cardinals are are going to push them for sure. Even with Flaherty out for a couple months? Oh, I get him back the second half of the season, right? Well, I think they, they, might, they might be down double digits by then. <laughs> I don't think so. I think this team's pretty good. Yeah. I, I think that they chose their manager wisely based on they know they can pop in them a little bit. 35 years old. He's youngest since uh, love Eric Wenshin and Cleveland. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Milwaukee's lineup is... I, we gotta, we, oh, we're we're going to head to break. You know what we're going to do? We're going to come back. We're going to give our future bets for the season. You can give some too, and I want you to evaluate whether Amal and I have made the right choices. That's next. Odds on. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network. Golf season is here, and Bet River Sportsbook is your home for hundreds of golf betting options. Hit a hole in one this week with new specials on Bet River Sportsbook. All week long, place pre tournament wagers to win money towards free bets when your favorite golfer has a birdie, eagle, or better. Download the Bet River Sportsbook app or visit betrivers.com to make part in the biggest week of golf all year. Terms and conditions apply. Visit betrivers.com for details. Should have had Towers do the read. Mike Palm here was an error. That's why I was in shock. There was an error. It was a typo. I couldn't believe it. Our friend Josh Towers joins us. All right, we always give our plays on this section. Let's give our non-baseball plays real quick, and then we'll go through our baseball. Start with you, Amal. Yeah, we're going to go with the uh, Dallas Stars of the AAC tonight, winning against the uh, New York Islanders, minus 135. All right, I have a a uh, one-unit play. Stars, Islanders under. Good goalie matchup there tonight. Under one and a half first period, minus 110. Three-team parlay, all road favorites. Rangers, Bruins, you get Swayman back tonight. And Detroit's playing terrible. And then Oilers at San Jose. Those three together play plus 284. All right, I'm going to go ahead now to your baseballs. All right, let's start with this one, Josh. I want to get your take on all these. Uh, I got no on the pitcher to throw 300 Ks. Got at minus 120, now at minus 140. I don't think anyone's going to pitch enough innings. I've got three guys that are a threat. Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, and Robbie Ray. Yeah, I... I as soon as you say that to me, I immediately love the under, especially at that number. I think, uh, obviously, we didn't have anybody do it last year. 248, yeah. I think, was the Correct. most. Yeah, maybe four or five guys get 200 innings pitched anyways, in which you're going to need 220, 230. I think the year before, maybe not 20, but 19, Garrett Cole and Verlander. But JV pitched like 230 innings, Garrett Cole like 215, both on Houston piggybacking each other. They both got there. The year before, we had one dude get there at 300. I think it was Scherzer. Like, it doesn't happen that often anyways. Once or twice a year... But I think what you said, uh, Mike, a couple minutes ago, makes your bet even better, is we had a three-week spring training. So, again, if, if I'm – I remember Roy Holiday and I used to, like, yell at John Gibbons and other people about, like, <laughs> when I leave, I should be going six or seven innings my first start. Like, there's no – like, my first start of spring training, I'm going two or three. Like, when I leave camp, I should be going six, seven, eight, maybe. Like, there's no question about it. These guys are going to go three and four innings out of the gate. We're babying guys these days. And so, if I'm not going to pitch 200, 230 innings – I can't get 300 strikeouts. It's impossible. And then the other two I've got is the Dodgers to win the World Series at 5-1 to one and yep. A's under 68 wins. Oh, you missed the A's. Huh? They were at 71 like a week ago or something. Yeah, I know. They should be at 58. They should be at 58. I yeah. agree with you guys. Because, um, I mean, again, are they going to keep Montes or are they going to trade him too? Like, yeah. how, how you just got rid of Manea. He's dope. I still like that under. I don't know where they're going to get him from. The uh, Seattle got better in that division as well. We know Houston's really good. Um and people like the Angels. They're definitely better than Oakland. So, I mean, there we go. Dodgers win the World Series. I don't mind it, but I just think 500 is too cheap. I just think it's kind of a waste of money at that low. I think they Fair let enough. them lose a couple of games, and then we'll get a better price throughout the course of the season. And I, I, I your stars I have no idea. 
I think the <laughs> I think the Dodgers I think the Dodgers get off to a faster start. Last year they got off to such a horrific yeah. start. I think they got to get out of the blow quickly this year. I think wasn't that great trade though with the White Sox straight up. You free up a spot for Lux and you get Kimbrell in the pen. Yeah, you you put a guy who's a better hitter and who's way more durable and younger than Pollock, mm-hmm. and then you get Kimbrell to close instead yeah. of like you got rid of Kenley, but you yeah. got Kimbrell, you got no Corey Knebel, mm-hmm. you you're missing a couple guys, and you add him. I like. I thought that was an unbelievable trade yeah. by the Dodgers right there. That's what, the, again, the luxuries of sharing a spring training complex is <laughs> you run into the GMs all the time. All right, we'll go to my place. I did have this. You talked about them all. This is a five-unit, three-team parlay. You've already commented you think the Cardinals can win. But Dodgers minus $3, Brewers minus 160 Astros minus 185 Together, that pays 234 if they all three win their division. I'm with them all. Three-unit play on the A's. Uh, under, I got the Phillies at 420, but they're available in the market right now after the DeGrom news at plus three dollars. And then I bet six different pitchers, and you can comment on this now to win the Cy Young three in the National League uh, and three in the American League, all for a half unit each. Wheeler at 18 to one, Peralta, Freddie Peralta for the Brewers at 30 to one, and Musgrove at 50 to one in the National League. I let me touch on the uh, the winners, um, Oakland, LA, and Milwaukee. I just when you said it, you said the uh, term slam dunk. And and that's where that's where I didn't think it was a, the first two. I think I think the Dodgers and Houston win the division. Yeah. I think the Cardinals can push Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee's a slam dunk, but I don't dislike it. They're yeah. still a really good team. They got probably the best starting five in baseball, or or darn or close to it. And then the bullpen's still good. The offense is skeptical, but they went on pitching like Tampa does, right? So it's just not a slam dunk with them. But I think it's a, a still a pretty good bet. Um, I like. Bieber's obviously, you know, he pitches 34 starts, and it's hard for him not to win the Cy Young. He's that good. Uh, I do like the Framber and, and Rikidi. I don't think those guys are getting enough love with the, with how good that team is. JV's back. He's going to eat more innings. Uh, they get to watch him and learn from him while he's pitching. I, I think that those two guys have also took a step up in the right direction, and the team's going to win the division, in our opinion. I, I like those at 100 for sure. How about Musgrove at 50-1? to 1? I thought his season got ruined by two things last year. Throwing the no-hitter. Throwing the no-hitter is one for sure. And then that goofy decision where they brought him in behind Snell uh, in that game in Houston when they were down 7 nothing to Granke. Threw the whole rotation off, threw him off. They never recovered from that. You know, they fired the manager in a huge pickup from Melvin, I think. Huge. for the. I mean... What, you can't have a bigger who, upgrade. Who comes from a place where he uses starters, mm-hmm. right? So he's going to rely on those guys more. I think he realizes the strength of that team is not the offense. The offense not very good. It's the pitching staff, especially the starting pitching staff. You took Dilson LeMay, you throw him in a pen, which we all thought he should have been anyways because you had too many. They had like seven starters last year, and they're trying to pitch them all. It doesn't work that way. I have to get into rhythm. I need a five-day rotation max. That's it. Um the no-hitter killed him, and then putting his mural up in his hometown in San Diego as well was like the second thing that was like, all right, Joe's season's <laughs> over. Uh, and then it was just too much, is it going to be locked out, lights out, Joe, or is it going to be, I don't know which one I'm, like, there's two different guys, right? So um, they're in such a better place. I think um, I think Shamanaya needs to get some love. I think the trade kind of like you forget about him, how good he is and how good he's going to be. Uh, that can be a beautiful thing as well. Mike, if I told you you had to choose one of these two pitchers would be the key to whether the Padres made the playoffs, is it your guy Darvish or is it Clevenger? Clevenger's the key. Yeah. For sure. Uh, remember how good he was? Yeah. Listen. His first start, he looked great. His second start, he gave up like 14 hits. They kept tapping him out, bringing him back in. I don't want to get in trouble here, but uh, Clev, mm-hmm. stay out of the clubs. Yeah. Just go to the field, play baseball, go home. Call we got to get to the Towers Power Place. Take it away. Yeah, well, again, it's um, 
if you were lucky enough to get the Mets at 91 and 90, then you did a much mm-hmm. better job. And that was regardless of Jacob and, and Max being healthy or not. Again, the division winners last year only won, I think, 89 games. So I love the Mets uh, where I got them at a higher number. I still like them under 88 and a half. I just don't think that they can get there. And then the Tigers, look at, like, what about, is it, was it halfway? Was it halfway? When did they get really good last year and then they just continued? They, they changed. Like, as a good manager and those guys oh. started to learn the game and they got really, really good. And then this year, they just got better. I was against, what's the lefty's name? Uh, Scruble. I was against Tariq. him last year because I just, I didn't think he was ready. Um, he looks awesome right now on top of everything else. And then you just pick up Austin Meadows from Tampa. What are you doing? This team got real good real fast. Can they win this division? Derek thinks they can win it. I think they can make the playoffs. If Derek weren't from Detroit, would he think that? Yeah, no, no. right? <laughs> exactly. He'll be right. Eventually, he'll be right. They've had a decade worth of draft picks. Here's four young They're pitchers. Good, you tell dude. me who. You said Scooble. Who has the breakout year? Manning, Scooble, Mize, Giovanni Soto. Who has their bust-out year this year? Uh, Tarek Scooble. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Mize is going to be good. We understand that. Manning, I watched him right now when I was sitting upstairs, and, God, he's in his own dome. He's cutting everything off. He's afraid to face the Yankees. So that makes me wonder if, like, when he has a big game, is he going to be the guy or is it too early for him, right? So I'm not going to I'm not gonna rely on him. Um Rodriguez is going to be fantastic for them as well. The White Sox are very tough to beat. They're loaded in every which direction possible. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. In Cleveland, it's tough because when you build on pitching for 162, you're always successful, right? So second place is going to be close. I, Mike, I was surprised you didn't go with the White Sox in your division parlay there. Um, well, you know what I think about is taking a White Sox-Tigers 1-2 in that division because I'm fading the Twins. I don't think the Twins have any pitching. I don't see the Twins either. No. I, I agree with you guys. Josh, I want to ask you quickly about the Yankees. Who the hell is going to get a base for this team aside from Rizzo laying down a bunt on a shift or getting hit by a pitch? Does DJ LeMayhew hit? Does he play? Because I saw like I saw a projected lineup one day, and he was on the bench. And I was like, what are we doing here? They're one of the best hitters in baseball is on the bench. Um, yeah, they're going to put up 10 or 0, right? The, yeah, they, it's what it feels like. It's what they're going to they're strike out a billion times, and they're going to hit a lot of home runs. And you better hope the pitching, um, who's going to get lucky this year? Who's going to get the run support? It's tough for that team, man. And like the bullpen, the Red, is the bullpen any good? That's another question mark. Red yeah. Sox lineup's pretty good. The lineup one through six. six. The yes. lineup's good. But like one through five, right? You're not yeah. really saying Trevor Story's gonna be good, are you? He, he's... Yeah, right. You're not. So one through five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell me, uh Robbie Ray. Oh, when's, wow. when's the Cy Young? Goes all the way up to Seattle. You, big contract. You expect a good year out of Robbie Ray. Some people fading him this year. How do the Jays let him go but pick up Gosman? After winning the Cy Young there. And the same price, right? That same ballpark yeah, yeah. of contract. I thought that was weird. Um, maybe in the beginning he was getting more. I thought like going to Seattle was a weird play for him. Um, keep in mind, Robbie Ray was, was really good last year. But, but the year before, the year before, the year before, he walks 30 a game. All right, so we're like, there was a year about five years ago in, in Arizona, we bet on him every start because we got the best lines and he did really well. But we lost that guy. And then all of a sudden he shows up in Toronto and he's dope. And now he's one of the major players of our game. Like how does it, it doesn't work that fast. Right. Yeah. So I'm still like, I'm nervous about Robbie Ray. I don't, we're going to see how you pitch on contract. Josh, thanks for the half hour Thank date. You. Looking forward to talking to you all season long. Stay tuned to Visa. And up next it's betting across America.